Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Uni Tanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Welcome to the session. Back in action here. I'm your host, Justin Crosley. We're coming to you live from our Hop Grenade studio once again. Happy to be here. We've got a great guest today, some beer I've been enjoying recently. I never got to meet John before, but uh, Narrative Fermentations is in the room with me today. John Berkland is here. Uh, John, thanks for making it out, man. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You made the trek from San Jose. Yeah, yeah. No, this is awesome. I've been... Uh, uh listener for a number of years and uh yeah the dream come true being on the show hey well i'm glad to, i'm glad to do that and get to share your beer with you um you're making some good stuff we've had it in here before yep um and and i've had it then so i just thought hell we're, we're serving this beer here at the hop grenade let's get you on the show i dig it um all right today's show is brought to you by our sponsor more beer as always more beer uh, has has been sponsoring this show since day one which uh was a really long time ago. I keep getting asked. The question keeps coming up recently how long this has been going on. And I'm pretty sure that this June is 18 years <laughs> of, of recording. So that's a heck of a lot of, uh, of uh, brewery interviews that we've done. Um, and More Beer's been there with us the whole time. Go to morebeer.com. Check it out. Check out their uh, YouTube page, too. They're putting out all kinds of good content. And um, as you've heard me say, uh, their Comos line of everything is like my new favorite. We just had a uh, – in fact, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about SF Beer Week, John, mm-hmm. while you're here. Um, we just had our Beer Week event where we have to put out um, – some beers in jockey boxes. Yep. I got a couple of the of the Comos jockey boxes from from More Beer. And have you seen these uh, I always forget the name of them, but they're Remember the old quick disconnects that were like those white things that you still had to clamp on with little clamps, right? Yep. But it kind of made your life easier. Mm-hmm. Well, these new quick disconnects are more like plumbing, like like the plumbing fittings where you just push a pipe in and it like locks itself. Love it. So my entire jockey, both of my jockey boxes, I don't have a single hose clamp anywhere to be found. 
You just push in this hose and it stays there. And then there's a little release. You got to use a tool or you can even just use your fingers and it pulls right out. So sometimes I don't even run line cleaner anymore. I just swap out the lines because it's so much easier. And I used to like, I would be so bloody after an event day with jockey boxes because of the clamps, you know? Oh, yeah. Ah, So anyway, if you haven't checked these things out, you got to look at it. So go to morebeer.com and search for these quick disconnects and the Comos line of jockey boxes. I have an older jockey box, too. And no matter what I do, I I just can't get one of those taps to pour right. Like sometimes it'll do it and sometimes it won't. I have this is not just me being a spokesperson. I have not had a single problem with the Comos line. They're just so easy to use. And they're in like Yeti style coolers. They're roto molded is what I'm probably supposed to say, not not the brand. But whatever. <laughs> they're the coolest thing. So go check them out and thank our sponsor, More Beer. Go to morebeer.com. You could also go, while we're doing this interview, to narrativefermentations.com, and you can learn more about the brand and the beer there. You can see everything that's on tap in the tap room, which looks like a lot. How many taps do you guys have? Oh, just added six more, so I think we have 23. However, mm. we don't have them all, all filled uh, at the moment. We're working on that. That would be a lot, yeah, to yeah. do yourself. You'd have, someone would have to have guest beers to have 23. That's a lot. Yeah, no, the... the we used to do like uh, some of our own like sparkling waters and okay. like, house sodas and stuff. And okay. so, yeah, lo- looking to fill some of the lines with those. And- Got it. All right, we're going to learn all about the tap room and the brewery. A uh, couple of things to let you know. First, tickets are now on sale for Spring Brews Festival, which is happening Saturday, March 25th from noon to 4. Narrative Fermentations will be there. Is it your first year with us? I forget. Were you with us last year? No, no. This will be my uh, first year at Spring Brews. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It's going to be a good year. So last year, we, we usually have 60 to 65 breweries. I now... I cap it at 60 because, believe it or not, that giant park gets full. And last year we were down like 10, 15 breweries. I think, I think breweries were still trying to staff their, their tasting rooms. Like there was still a lot of staffing issues and just not everybody was ready to go out and do a big event, right? Yeah. This year, that's not happening. We're going to have our full 60. Uh, It's going to be awesome. Ticket sales are going well. You can go to thebrewingnetwork.com and click on the events tab and buy your ticket. Um, We're also selling VIP party tickets that happens right here at the Hop Grenade. Uh, Go to thehopgrenade.com to check that out. And you get an extra like hour and a half over here in the tap room. We put on a special beer list. And then you get your own um, private entry into the Brews Festival. So you don't have to wait in line. So Go get your Spring Brews Festival tickets. And then lastly, we're also still looking for volunteers. So if you don't want to pay for your entry, if you want to work your way through, you only have to work for half the festival. You either work the first half or the second half. Um, Those of you who uh, end up showing up at the second half because you didn't work the first half usually are in really good moods (laughs) because I let everybody just go enjoy the festival. Just do it responsibly. Go to thebrewingnetwork.com and on the Spring Brews page, there's a little button there to click to volunteer. And we always need help. So we'd love it if you're, look, you get get one free entry to the fest, which gives you two hours of a four-hour festival to hang out, which, by the way, is plenty of time to go try good beer. Um, And anyway, like I said, we're going to have like 60 breweries this year. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Okay. 
Finally, just make sure you support all of our sponsors, uh, beersmith.com, the beer brewing software. Um, you get a free trial to use it, and uh, pro brewers use it, home brewers use it. Go check it out. They've been with us for a long time. 21st Amendment, Grog Tag, Williams Brewing. Go to williamsbrewing.com and check them out. They've been with us since almost day one, too. They're just wonderful, nice people. Um, they also just leave me alone. They're so nice about it. It's every now and then they're like, hey, can we just update our ad? And I'm like, sure. They're just so great. Go to williamsbrewing.com and check them out. All right. If you want to send me any messages, send them to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Let's talk a little bit about SF Beer Week. Let's do it. Is, so this will be your – you guys opened in 2020. June 12, 2020, we opened our doors. Okay. Yeah. So there was – uh, so June twelfth. So you didn't do Beer Week in twenty twenty, which was like a virtual Beer Week anyway. Mm-hmm. Twenty one was also pretty much a virtual Beer Week. Yeah. But last year there were real events. You did? Did you do some of those? We, we did take part uh, in a handful of events last year. Um, I think the the kickoff event uh, we we didn't uh, participate in, but this year's uh, kickoff event. Uh, a couple of days ago was a really good time. Did you? Was there one in Silicon Valley? Yeah. So the Silicon Valley chapter, we had our kickoff event at uh, Guildhouse in downtown San Jose. Nice. A uh, really kind of nice, uh, open, good amount of square footage. Uh, all the or the South Bay uh, breweries were were there uh, posted up, and that's great. Yeah, re- good turnout, a few hundred people, and. That's great, awesome. Great response. Yeah, it's good. So people, I thought last year people were already ready to go out, right? And and maybe that's because I was ready to go out. Uh, I was also ready to like make money again. <laughs> like the bar was really <laughs> empty, and I just so by by last winter I just was ready. But we just had the worst winter. I mean, there's so many like surges and cases in the Bay Area and stuff. And I think this year is really what I thought last year would be. People are ready to go out. So I went to the East Bay opener at 21st Amendment Brewery, um, and I hadn't even been to the opening galo, which it used to be, in a few years, like even since before COVID. And I just was really ready to see my old friends again. So I went out, and everybody was there. All the brewers were there. All these people I've known for all these years of doing the show. And it felt, I feel like it's the first time I felt normal since all of this. Right on. You know, just everybody was out shaking hands. We were allowed to hug again. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I didn't get COVID. <laughs> At least I don't feel sick or anything. It was just Friday night. All the openers were Friday, right? Yeah. I think so. so uh, I think it um, takes like four or five days to oh, kick so in anyway. Oh, so it could so still we're, get we're, me. No, we're, we're, still, we're, we're still good. And then I invite you to lock it, lock <laughs> us in this airtight studio. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, no, it just felt good. And, I, and, and then... We had such a busy weekend. We had our first beer week events here at the Hop Grenade all weekend, too, and people are just coming out in droves. So it feels good. Like, it just feels like we're kind of back. I agree. It is a good feeling. And I'm thinking for you, especially because you opened in 2020, which sounds like a really bad idea. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we, we had uh, the everything in motion, and so... Uh, you had no choice. Yeah, had no choice. We had already signed... Uh, our, our lease and uh, right. our landlord wasn't uh, really hot on the idea of uh, giving Waiting. us any. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, uh, I, landlords. Like our, our original plan was just to put everything in kegs. Um, my my background uh, doing sales for a distributor. I had a lot of relationships, especially in the restaurant bar scene in, in the South Bay. Okay. 
and uh, that all kind of went out the window. Uh, I think our we lined up with a, a mobile canner, and I think like our first six releases were 100% canned, and uh, wow, just kind of had to to roll with it and had you quit your other job by then or were you working yeah so i I was uh furloughed uh kind of i was at like the second week of march or so and uh from a beer distributor from a distributor yeah Yeah. beer wine spirit distributor okay yeah yeah and so uh which uh kind of already let them know that hey these are my plans i'm going to be opening up a brewery and it's kind of working out my last months anyways and uh covid just kind of up, up that uh, timeline a little bit for us. Sure. Oh, yeah. maybe it's fortuitous then anyway. Luckily, you did have those plans, right? Yeah, so. yeah no, absolutely. So you had, all your first releases were, were packaging and to go. I assume people mm-hmm. couldn't come into the brewery. No, no. You probably built like an awesome tasting room that nobody could use. Yeah, we actually, <laughs> we, we took over the old Santa Clara Valley Brewing spot. And so oh, uh, yeah. they'd, they'd done a great job on the build out. And we just kind of put some paint on the walls, put our own little kind of thumbprint on it. Uh, nice. But yeah, we got, got really lucky in that regards. But uh, yeah, I have to say the the support from right out the gate was great. And a lot of people coming to pick up beer and taking it to go. And that's that's what we needed. All of us needed that. Yeah. 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 Same as here. And, and it's still, I'm guessing, was still probably scary because the numbers even then weren't probably what you projected with having a, a tasting room and selling kegs. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Uh, and a lot of a lot of sleepless nights. And uh, yeah. yeah, all right, I just signed a purchase agreement, a lease, a personal guarantee, and uh, <laughs> oh, like I, I got, uh, yeah. I have no choice but to to make this happen. And uh, yeah, yeah, so just uh, a lot of hard work and uh, getting the name out there, uh, hitting the street, trying to pit, pitch our beer to any uh, bottle shop or uh, right. retailer. Or, and then a lot of the restaurants and bars were, were buying cases of cans uh, to go to sell as go to go as well. So well, that's helpful. I mean, anything yeah. was helpful at that time. Yeah, yeah. The personal guarantee. Yeah. So, you know, after I opened my place, I signed one here too. Yeah. I'm on I'm on year nine of a ten year lease. Uh-huh. So I'm a year away from maybe not having a personal guarantee. But I don't know if you've heard this. I would talk to people, usually older and more successful than me, and they're like. I would never sign a personal guarantee. Yeah. And for a while, I thought I did something wrong. Then I realized, I don't know who the fuck you are, but you have to <laughs> sign a personal guarantee. I don't have, unless you have a couple mil in the bank, right? I'm like, mm-hmm. they just, you have this, and you're new. How else are they going to accept your lease? Yeah, no, I, 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 they didn't give me an option to not sign one. I of think course, that, that was the they're only. like, sign this, and yeah. I'll give you your building. Yeah, it's always a ridiculous comment, and I've heard it so often, right? But when you're starting up and you're probably bootstrapping and all that, you're just like, whatever, no, I gotta I'm, I'm do not it a, all. I wouldn't say I'm a very business-minded individual, and so it's, just a brewer. Yeah, yeah, I just brew beer and like to sell beer and drink beer and, <laughs> yeah. yeah did you take was the brew house there too did you take over the brew house the brew house was there okay. uh, we were we we're originally uh looking at building out like a 10 barrel uh system and then uh the this kind of fell on my lap and it was a 20 barrel uh, brew house with 20 and 40 barrel fermenters and a lot more fermentation space than uh, I was originally planning, and I remember sure. first time filling that forty barrel fermenter. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, like, 
butthole tightened up a little yeah, bit. Man, and, uh, yeah, I was like, ah, oh, that's a lot of beer to sell, man. <laughs> how did that? How did the first batch come out? In your honest opinion of of you know, you had brewed plenty, right? Did yeah. Home brewing. Yep. Yep. How was the first batch? I, I it was good. If, if if I can say so myself. What was it? Uh, so the first beer we actually brewed there uh, was a Kolsch. Um, it wasn't the first beer we released because we gave it a little uh, lagering time. Okay. Uh, we released uh, a West Coast and a, a Hazy IPA as our, our first beers released. But Smart the first move. beer we brewed, yeah, <laughs> first beer we brewed was a uh, was a Kolsch. Okay, nice. Yeah. And yeah. and you were happy with it? Did it it taste? It was probably a homebrew recipe that you developed. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and just uh, no, it uh, it worked out extremely well. Uh, the the previous uh, owner brewer of Santa Clara Valley Brewing, Steve Donahue, a uh, great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually uh, brewed uh, his last two beers uh, at Santa Clara Valley Brewing with him to get a little nice. time on the system and kind of learn it. And then uh, with our first beer uh, there, he came over and hung out and. I mean, he wasn't uh, on top of us at all, but if we had any questions, he was right there to help us. That's about as good as it gets. Oh, it was great. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's even better. You know, people who buy new systems, often they'll get, uh, especially if they buy like a fancy one, they'll get like an engineer there with them the day they brew or the first week they brew or whatever. Yeah. But that engineer only knows how to fix the leaks and shit, not how yeah. to brew the beer. Yeah. So that's really great. No, it was great. Yeah. And I mean, Steve had been brewing on that system for five and a half years and he knew, knew nice. it in and out. And, uh, actually a few months ago, uh, had him back at the brewery. We took his, uh, old Porter recipe and kind of made a couple tweaks to it, made it a coconut Porter and he brewed it with us. And, uh, actually I just, Kind of let him go, and he was That's opening, awesome. closing valves like uh, like he had never left. Riding uh, a bike. Yeah, totally. So how do you feel now about a 20-barrel system? It's probably the best thing that ever happened to you. The, these 20-barrel fermenters are a little bit too small for us now. Now they're you know? too small yeah, already. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll do our cases and some, some draft for in-house, but uh, we're kind of limited, so we're just those batches were kind of limiting it to six tools and cases for the the wholesale customers so okay. yeah yeah we're, we'll try we'll, we'll tend to keep it to like stouts and sours and we'll tend to not do lagers or ipas or or kind of mass market uh, beers on on those smaller ones got it okay yeah. So you already need bigger fermenters is what you're got, got a couple more on order you this do here in the next couple months yeah amazing yeah all right, let's talk about this beer in our glass. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, the On GP, it's yeah. called, right? Yeah. Which is what? Tell us about the beer. Uh, on GP, On General Principle. Uh, this was a beer that uh, we brewed with uh, a couple home brewers, uh, Buki and Zell from Brewing with Brothers. Okay. Uh, met uh, Buki at a Bay Area Brewers Guild <laughs> chapter meeting a few months back, and uh, we just kind of hit it off. Uh Kept the conversation going. We hung out at the brewery one day and started talking about brewing some beer together. And uh, nice. And uh, asked him, "Well, what what do you think we should brew? I want to do a German Pilsner, right? Yeah, I'm all about it. Let's do it. Okay. And uh, some some great input. Uh, so we this beer is based on uh, some Weirman uh, four malted Pilsner, which uh, is a l- little bit more of an intense uh, malt quality. You get mm-hmm. a little more like that that honey biscuity quality. Definitely. And then also uh, just uh, being a two vessel system, we don't have the ability to decoct, um, so we used a little mel- melanoid in malt. We kind of mimics that that kind of kettle caramelization quality yeah and so it does have a, a little bit richer malt uh, profile to it um then we used a, a blend of hotel middle and saws cryo 
Nice. Actually, it was a, a couple of weeks before we brewed it. Uh, we had uh, the guild meeting at 21A, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, Mike, my my guy from uh, Yakima Chief, was there uh, doing a, a talk on uh, advanced hot products. And uh, we're having lunch. He's like, man, he's like, I just found out we have Saz Cryo in the warehouse. I'm like, Saz Cryo? I want it. I want it. <laughs> yeah. And so I talked to the bookie and Zell. I'm like, hey, man, I think I can get some Saz Cryo for this beer. They're like, oh, really? Yeah. yeah why not? Yeah. So we, uh, we we threw that in the Whirlpool as well. And uh, yeah, I, it's uh, and then when we, were, we were talking about IBUs for the beer. I was like, you know what? I usually kind of keep it around like 25, maybe 25 to 30 IBUs for Pilsners and like, can we go higher? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we can go higher. And so, yeah, we uh, kind of pushing about 40 IBUs on this beer, uh, okay. which I think with that, that bigger malt base, it, it works and, and offers some balance. And uh, It yeah. does. And I, so the, the malt base and the higher IBUs messed me up over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think it was yesterday. We had our uh, first Pliny the Younger release yesterday. Yeah. Let me just take a minute to say God bless Vinny Chalerzo. <laughs> like, I, I don't care if you like the beer or not. It's so good for business. Thank yeah. God that that oh, beer yeah. exists. So we, uh, I had that. And the, anyway, at the end of the day, I, I needed a Pilsner. Yep. And I'm really used to these kind of lighter, drier, and still hop forward Pilsners now. So I poured myself yours. Yeah. And I thought I poured from the wrong tap for a second. <laughs> and, I, and I mean this in a nice way, because I don't mean that it didn't taste like a Pilsner. I just was like, wait a second. Every German Pilsner, I'm doing quotation marks with my hands recently, is more like a super dry, hoppy Pilsner only, and is missing a bunch of that malt. Like a Pilsner Urkel, I know that's a Czech Pils, but that's like a super malty, nice beer. And... I'm often missing the malt on my on these new German pilsners, right? So I was taken aback, and I just I had to double check the number on my thing. <laughs> uh, ended up just loving it, but you're right; it's it's like a, a much more full. Uh, I love that you said it's floor malted because I can pick up those differences. I've tasted those differences before. Um, yeah, and then you beefed up the the IBUs to to match it. It's it's a yeah. great German pils. Yeah, thank I just you. think thank it, you. and it's a and it's a wonderful like kind of a traditional German pils that I've just been missing is sort of what I'm saying. Like, it just kind of surprised me when I had it. Oh, agreed. You know? Agreed. And it, it was great uh, working with Buki and Zell. They had a, a lot of input uh, on the beer as well. Uh, had some awesome uh, collaborations uh, since we've been open, and uh, they kind of fall into two categories. Sometimes you just show up, and they're like, hey, here's the recipe we're brewing, and you just start drinking uh, right, right when you're graining in, and it's a party. And then... There's others uh, like, like this where, yeah, bouncing recipes back and forth, a lot of uh, ideas coming from both sides. and uh, Nice. And, yeah, I, I think the, the, the result was, was awesome. That's a good beer. Thank you. Collabs are funny, too, because uh, so a lot of the pro collabs now are like, well, we just talked a lot via email, you know. Yeah. Especially because what are you going to do on brew day with a bunch of pros? Like, everyone's standing around turning the same, like, hose. It just doesn't happen as much. So yeah. homebrewers, though, they, like, want to be in there and more involved. Totally. Right, so that's probably a little more fun for you to just get to dig around like that. Oh, 100%. So uh, tell me, what is, and what is the Brewing with Brothers? Is that their own club? Or? So it's, uh, it's, it's two, two guys, uh, Buki and Zell, Denzel and uh, Rishon. Uh, they're out of uh, East Palo Alto. Okay. Um, they kind of first popped on my radar. They, uh, this little brew bar in the South Bay, uh, uh, Taplands, had put on a little homebrew competition, and they won it with a, a dark Belgian triple. 
Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then from then, so Taplands, I think they have like a, a one-barrel brew system where they, they do brew some of their own beers as well. So they, they brewed a batch of it. And then from then on, uh, I mean, they've brewed beer with Humble Sea, Almanac, Laughing Monk, a lot of uh, these awesome. big breweries as home brewers. And I think that's super cool. Like they, they've been getting their name out there and yeah. they, they have uh, plans to open up uh, the, their own brewery in East Palo Alto. And That was my next question, if they aspire to be a pro brewery. Yeah, they sure do. Which is going to ruin everything for them. Should take, <laughs> should take Jamil's advice I, I, and not do it. Right, right. No. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you don't regret becoming a pro brewer, though. No, no. It's and actually, uh, in the last handful of months where I've I've been uh, manning the brew house myself, it's uh, it's brought a lot of pleasure. That's and great. It, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, is it just you in the brew house? It, it is. It is. Uh, I opened the brewery originally with a, a business partner, um, but uh, he kept his day job and. Uh, uh, met a, a gal that uh, he married last October and uh, kind of was just a little bit more of a, a commitment than uh, he was ready for. And so he, he uh, backed out late August. And okay. so it's kind of been myself since then. And, it's all uh, you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And what about, but you, you have some tap room staff. You've got some, you've got a team. Yeah, I, I sure do. Got, uh, got uh, uh, five uh, people in the tap room running that. They do an amazing job. Uh, have a, a dedicated driver now, which was, was great because, uh, yeah, I was doing a lot of those delivery drives. Uh, Did you deliver to us too? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think <laughs> up until like the last couple of deliveries here, it was all me. And actually, the beers for today, I, I dropped off before you did. The, the Bistro Dippa Fest. Uh, okay. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, I do have a sales guy, uh, actually a couple sales, uh, three sales guys now. Uh, one that covers kind of the South Bay Peninsula, East Bay. Another gentleman that, that does the the coast, kind of Santa Cruz, Capitol, Aptos area for us. And then nice. uh, um, just uh, hired an old coworker of mine to help us out in the Sacramento area. That's great. Yeah. So you're growing already. We are. Where yeah. do you think the – it sounds like you guys are pretty popular, certainly in your region, I was reading. But where do you think that comes from? Did you guys win any early awards, or did you just get your story out there? Man, you, you know what? I think a lot of it had to do with those relationships I had built uh, during my 14 years working for a distributor before. And okay, yeah. So when, once we opened, we were kind of able to hit the ground running, get, get some beer out there right away. Um, I mean, that, at the – the, the Bistro Double IPA Fest last year, we were a finalist. And at their IPA Fest, we, we were a finalist for that as well. Amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah. No, just uh, we got a kind of built a, a really awesome uh, local following at the tap room as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're great. All right, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. Cool. Then we're going to try some more beer. I know we've got, we've got a hazy IPA to try. Yep. And I was reading about you guys. You're kind of known for your hazies and then, well, all your IPAs. And then I hope you don't mind, I have to ask you about slushy beer. Okay. Okay. Are you still making slushy beer? Uh, I haven't for a few months. However, uh, once we get back into these warmer months, yeah, we'll, we'll go start right back uh, at it. releasing some more. Yeah. Yeah. It's a controversial style, right? <laughs> it is. But and look, I, don't, I think all beer has a place. Yeah. And we even talked about putting slushy machines here in the hop grenade. Yeah. There was a slight revolt from my staff. <laughs> uh, but I was like, listen, 
If it sells, we're, we're putting in slushy machines. Right. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, narrative fermentations, and uh, we're going to talk more about uh, a hoppy beer um, and then maybe a little slushy beer too. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the program. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We're still with Narrative Fermentations and luckily getting to try more beer. We do have some on tap here at the Hop Grenade. It'll probably be here for another couple days. Uh, so if you want to come down, we've got uh, two different ones. Not the beer we're about to try now, uh, but we've got some good Narrative Fermentations beer here. You're still canning a bunch too, right? Yeah, we sure are. Okay. So it's not just draft beer. You didn't like move all the way over. You just You're doing both. Yeah, we'll put out a, a few draft-only uh, releases here and there, but for the most part, uh, almost every beer is, is canned and kegged. Is, okay. Any yeah. bottles? Any glass? Uh, just for our barrel-aged stuff. We've done two uh, barrel-aged releases. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, you just don't find glass much anymore. No, no. Uh, although we were talking, uh, we had some, some uh, industry people here over the weekend, and we were talking about bombers, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, remember when bombers were the thing, the 22-ounce glass bombers? Yeah. Uh, um, so I did discover that in certain states, they are still popular. Yeah. It's just in California, you can forget about it. Yeah. Man, it, it was crazy how quick the market went from glass to, to aluminum. Yeah. It seemed like almost overnight. It was overnight. And my friend Sully at the 21st Amendment, you know, he's been talking about cans since before cans were a thing for craft beer. Yep. And it wasn't that I didn't believe him. I just was like, okay, like, yeah, I I think cans are going to have some popularity. And then just boom, just everything cans. Yeah. No, it seemed like, oh, we're we're putting out some cans just for the the people that want to go to the beach and can't have glass on the beach. And I always thought that glass was like the the classier option. But yeah. You know what I mean? Cans are, are a great package. uh, Yeah. And uh, You, you hit it on the head with that. I think, I think people, you know, used to associate canned beer as being cheap beer. Yeah. And there was a shift there. But as, you know, going back to homebrew days, I mean, bombers not having to buy them and just, like, stockpiling bombers from, you know, different breweries and scraping yeah. labels and cleaning those was a blessing for yeah. saving some money on packaging, you know. Yeah. Bottling up homebrew. It was. Uh, by the way, you're listening to John's friend, Michael. He's here for uh, moral support and to talk beer with us. Just, you know, it's the first time I turned the mic on, so I thought I should let you know that. And now, though, I think you're right that, like, cans weren't seen as, like, the, the, the classier way to drink beer. And now it's really the opposite, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not in a 16-ounce can, it's like you're, you don't even exist in California. You're a dinosaur. <laughs> right? You're actually right. The, there is the one brewery that gets the luxury of staying in the bottle, though. You know that, right? And now they stand out on the shelf because of it. And it's, it's Russian River. Yeah, yeah. Because no oh, one's yeah. going to fuck with them. No. No one's going to say, oh, well, Russian River can't be good because it's not a can. He just <laughs> does whatever he wants to do. It's yeah. the anomaly of the can something. <laughs> but he does do some cans now. He's got a little pilot system up at, in Windsor. So I haven't had any of his beer in a can yet. The, but, the uh, Pliny, the pre- Pliny for uh, President that yeah. a year or so ago, that they canned that one up. Yeah. And, and I've got some porter in my fridge in a can that I bought from the brewery. So I, I'm yet to try it. But yeah, if you're not cans. You're, in fact, starting up in 2020... I think you're really lucky that you were even able to get uh, a, a, a can van and the cans, John. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, the, the can van came to our rescue and uh, hooked up with them at the last minute, uh, hooked up with a, a graphic artist that's been putting out some amazing labels for us. And so we were kind of really lucky to uh, hook up with some, some people that made it happen for us. And so we were able to kind of 
get some beer out there and able to sell it because i yeah. mean you're in business because of it yeah let's no, be honest kegs kegs weren't selling yeah 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 all right let's talk about the beer in our glass which is a hazy ipa right yep what yep. is this beer so this is half-life uh hazy single ipa coming in at seven percent with all citra this is the second time we brewed this beer. Uh, the first time we, we brewed it was our first time using uh, Citra Spectrum, uh, kind of a, a new-to-market extract. Um, but we kind of changed up the ways we use that. Uh, on the first batch, we kind of dosed it in line on the way to the bright tank. This time we added it uh, at knockout into the fermenter to kind of capture more of the, the biotransformative uh, uh, properties. And then uh, uh, real excited to, to use... Uh, this is the first beer that we used our our selected uh, Citra and Citra Cryo uh, on. So, wow. Yeah. Had you a, guys seem, I'm sorry, but you seem like a fairly new brewery to be able to select your hops. Not that they, like, keep you from doing it, but I don't know many breweries that get into that for five years or more, like 10 years. Even. Yeah, no, we, we just kind of kept bugging uh, uh, Yakima Chief and... Uh, and truthfully, to be able to, to select a variety, you're supposed to be kind of contracting 5,000 pounds or more. Right. We were not close to that, but they were uh, doing a, a program for some smaller breweries such as ourselves. Nice. Where we were able to go up and uh, do some selection and uh, had, had a great time doing it. It was an awesome experience. Learned a whole lot. Got to, to tour some uh, some hop farms and oh, yeah. uh, Yakima Chiefs R&D uh, facility and program they have going on there. And uh, yeah, it was it's so cool there. Oh. I got I got to go once. Uh, uh, they were we did a show with them uh, for a year, and uh, I got to go to that one time, and it was just great. Yeah. Um, but I also some of the most award winning brewers that you hear about right now. When I talk to them, they think that a majority of their success. Maybe that's an overstatement. A lot of the success that they're seeing is hop, selecting their own hops. They really think it can make all the difference between, you know, I think there's a lot of good beer right now, but, but like a good beer and a really spectacular beer. Yeah, no, and I have to say, like, it, it's, uh, it was a little nerve-wracking uh, selecting. Being, okay, we're, we're committing to, like, all of <laughs> yeah. our citra and all of our mosaic for the next year. Is good, is and it's all on you. Like, if you, yeah. if you pick the wrong one, you, who are you going to blame? Yeah, and, and I mean, we're, we're looking for, like, those, those typical qualities you get from citra, um, but uh, kind of what stands out most to us. And then, uh, I mean, when they're pelletizing Citra for the the general general sales, they're kind of blending lots of lots to, to hit a, a flavor profile that you would expect from Citra. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we we're kind of going off of uh, what what that one grower and that one lot uh, has for us. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was a little nerve wracking, but really really excited with the 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 quality that we we did select and uh that's really great yeah some really kind of big uh qualities you would expect from citra but i also get like a little little dankiness uh more more so than what i would expect from from the hot variety but uh, sure i view that uh, as a positive I, i love that who did you bring with you to help select was it just your palate no, no, I did bring uh, uh, Brandon, who is my sales manager for the South Bay Peninsula, now East Bay. Okay. Uh, actually, he, he was my beer specialist when I worked at uh, the distributor before opening the brewery. And then he went in and did production at uh, a popular brewery out on the coast in Santa Cruz. And then uh, 
he came over to to us and uh yeah does, does an awesome job at sales and he has a great palate and so i said hey let's go up to washington because you need help. some hops you got it you know yeah you, i would it would be it's nerve-wracking enough already you, you got to have a second opinion yeah you know and, and so what we did we went through each of the lots kind of rubbed them smelled them wrote our own notes and it wasn't until the end that we kind of compared notes and and I think on every single lot, like we had the same first pick. Oh, that's out of perfect. Everything. Yeah, and so like, okay, no, you're, you're. See, and I think that's part of what brewers are saying that makes that difference. Like, if it's that apparent, you mm-hmm. know, then it really does make a difference. And I don't know what the process is that the general buying public ends up getting, but I'm pretty sure it's a blend of all those lots, right? Where, mm-hmm. like you're saying, like you're getting to pick a lot, yeah. right? That that is that is yours, yeah. Uh, was just kind of cool too. Oh, it must cool. have felt cool. Oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was on cloud nine. <laughs> had an awesome experience, and uh, yeah, yeah. I, I hope to go back next year. I, yeah, I have no idea if that's going to play out, but because uh, of this special program that they did. Yeah. 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 Well, you just have to, you know, figure out how to buy five thousand yeah. pounds or whatever it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tell uh, me again the hops that are in this beer itself. So it's a hundred percent Citra. Uh, okay. we, we did a, a T90s Citra Cryo, and then that Citra Spectrum Extract. That's what it was—the Spectrum Extract. Okay. Yeah. The aroma is just amazing. Right on. Thank yeah. you. Thank so you. this is like this is a juicy IPA. This is what people are looking for when yeah. the when the style was invented, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We just uh, kind of minimized bitterness. I think we just. Did a a pound of uh, our bittering hop at sixty, and then uh, one pound. One pound. That's yeah, it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think maybe gave us like five IBUs. Or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a sprinkle. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, yeah, and then just went big on the whirlpool. We dropped uh, the the temp in the kettle to about one sixty. Uh, did uh, did about uh, a pound and a half per barrel in the whirlpool uh, to pull out a lot of that that great flavor without the bitterness. And then, yeah, we're at about uh, oh, four and a half pounds per barrel on dry hop. Okay, got yeah. it. And, and then that the dry wow. hop was a mix of uh, regular T90s and cryo, and that, that doesn't include the uh, the spectrum that, that went in at knockout. Okay. Yeah. And no issues with hop creep with that much in the, in the dry uh, hop? The hop creep's always an issue. Okay. But, uh, yeah, we just... Uh, I mean, we, we try to dry hop it while uh, fermentation is kind of trailing off not not while it's completely done and then having to kick back up to deal with hop creep just try to add the hops and kind of finish all the the fermentation out at the the same time okay but uh yeah no hop creep is has been uh it's a real thing these last uh, couple years it's uh yeah when it comes from those i mean if you're doing four and a half pounds per barrel i mean that's where it comes from right so yeah all that matter yeah yeah how about the haze itself you have any trouble keeping that haze in suspension? No, um, I mean we we won't uh, do too many generations of our our yeast. I mean we'll usually use it about three times. Okay, um, but uh, I mean using plenty of uh, oats and wheat, some of those, those higher proteins uh, helps, and then also looking at uh, pH at knockout. Uh, in the mash, we're we're trying to hit like five point one uh, pH, and then at knockout uh, into the fermenter at like four point nine five to five pH. Uh, and you think uh, that's helps, a big difference? Uh, helps with some haste ability. Mm. Yeah. No. Early on, uh, I think it might have been the yeast we used early on. Uh, we had uh, 
done a, a IPA that came out fine, had great hay stability, and then uh, pitched it in a, a double IPA, and and it, it dropped out super clear and went, holy cow, our, our labels say hazy IPA on this, and <laughs> I can't even get our cow ale yeast to, to oh, no. drop out this clear. And uh, yeah, so some 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 issues uh, earlier on yeah, uh, just yeah. uh, on, a, on a couple beers where then we just called it a, a juicy juicy west coast there you go. Yeah. but um yeah uh but yeah dialing in our, our ph's and and uh making sure the the yeast is really healthy and fresh and how did the clear one taste though did it, it taste tasted fine like yeah. a hazy yeah, it no, was pe- juicy like you people said. enjoyed it i, I think uh, i think i was more pissed at the beer than, than the people drinking it <laughs> yeah, were yeah. yeah so do you think that the haze then is only a visual component or does it add a, a flavor or mouthfeel too ah oh, man it, i i think there is a, a mouthfeel component to it that that we didn't get uh, when, when it dropped out uh, mm-hmm. on some of those other beers that being said like the even though a couple of those beers early on like dropped out clear they were still really soft and Kind of had that that really big stone fruit tropical quality right. that you expect, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's in my opinion there is some mouthfeel involved with mm-hmm. with the haze, and I think there's no way around that. It, there's it's, there's obviously matter in the beer, right? So mm-hmm. there's stuff there, but but the juicy part I think can be done, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's that's more of a, a marketing aspect, like. Yeah, if you call it juicy and it has those juicy qualities, cool. It doesn't matter how it looks. Yeah, yeah. But uh, if you call it a hazy IPA, it needs to have some haze to it. Right. So the event that we had, our first beer week event here, was our hazy versus clear challenge. Mm -hmm. And we started doing this years ago. I don't even know that it was a beer week event to start. But anyway, we tried to get people to blind taste uh, the beer. So we have four hazy beers um, and four clear beers. And... Unfortunately, because we haven't figured out a better way, we we serve it to you in a little paper cup, a little Dixie cup, basically. <laughs> uh, but it's the you know if you put a good head on it, and you really want to participate in a blind tasting, you can get through them all without really seeing what the beer looks like. Mm-hmm. And then we just have you, and you just vote by number. We don't tell you the brewery, we don't tell you what type of beer it is. All we want to know is what was your favorite beer. And originally, I'll be honest, we did it to fuck with people. <laughs> we we wanted to sort of show that you don't you your eyes don't actually know what you like. Yeah. And to a to another degree, hype has a lot to do yeah. with what you like. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying either one of those things are inherently bad. I just like to point out to people, and myself, by the way, that you can be tricked. You can be easily duped into liking one thing or another based on how it's marketed or certainly how it looks in a glass. As homebrewers, you know that hazy beer was just called fucking homebrew. <laughs> like, that's what we did. And we tried really hard, and it bothered us, actually. But when I was, as a homebrewer, it, it sort of bothered me that I couldn't get my, my beer clear. Um, but anyhow, that's sort of an argument that doesn't matter anymore. But it's a humbling so, thing for people to learn that, though. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. It's very humbling for, for, for you know, to Sure. To and, of edu- course, it's a, different, uh, like- it's a different kind of haze, you know. But, um, but anyhow, this event was an immediate hit. And it also immediately did what we thought it would do. And um, I think for 
something like five years straight clear beer one. Yeah. And in fact, in the eight or so, seven, I think seven years we've been doing it, I'm pretty sure Hazy has won one time, including this past weekend, uh, Ghost Town's Clear Beer won. Um, but here's the fascinating part about that one. Uh, most of the people who voted for it were convinced it was a Hazy Beer. If they didn't take a good hard look themselves, if they really participated the way we hope they would, they were convinced that it was a hazy beer. And it was juicy. Yeah. It had a certain uh, mouthfeel that I think uh, mimicked uh, uh, a hazy beer. It had really had all the components, but it had been filtered. It was a clear beer. Or yeah. I, I forget if they biofine or filter over at Ghost Town, but... Um, but it was exactly what we wanted to happen. Not because we want to prove that clear beer is better. People think that that's the case, like we're snobs or something. But that's not actually the case. We just want to really challenge people's perceptions, right? And so, yeah, the, the clear has won almost every time. And then this year, they really thought it was a hazy that they were voting for. And hopefully, hopefully they take that away and, and, so. and have that mentality and approach to other styles that they drink. Right? Yeah. Because a lot of people have mis- misconceptions and right. preconceived notions about what this style should be like dark beer breaks their brain to think like this is this style absolutely this right no but it can be anything right yeah the best piece of trivia i like to give like new uh beer people or at least people who buy into a lot of stereotypes is that when you go into a bar almost a hundred percent of the time the lowest abv beer you can have is a guinness yeah. When I started yeah. telling people that, they're like, no, yeah. I don't like dark beer. It's 100%. too out. I'm like, well, yeah. okay. Aside from maybe Bud Light, yeah. Guinness is the lightest. Stout, stout you is know, that category where people, their, their minds yeah, like, are blown. Their minds are the, blown. This is, it's not sticky. It's not 30 weight. It's <laughs> not, you know, it's not agile yeah. driven. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a specialty grain driven beer, but right. very approachable, very drinkable. Which and that, that so, blows people's minds, and and then that's so when Faction brewed, uh, it's one of their first beers when they opened. They brewed Anomaly, yeah. which is a golden stout, a golden like milk stout, even I think yeah. maybe that's its second version they did. But if you close your eyes and taste that beer, you're having a chocolatey, awesome, what you perceive to be thick, dark stout. Yeah, and then you open your eyes and it's as yellow as it gets. Yeah, <laughs> we did. Uh, we did. One of those uh, called "How much does a polar bear weigh?" And uh, I'll tell you what it was. It was hard to, to convince people to to drink it or mm-hmm. the accounts to buy it. But uh, I have to say that that was one of our, our most highly lauded beers. People really enjoyed it, and they're like blown away that they get that roast component and that chocolatey component. But yeah. they're looking at the beer and they can see through it. And, right. Yeah. So this is, I think, for me, like the new, instead of debating about hazy and clear, which we've done ad nauseum on the show and everywhere else, I just more like talking about people's perceptions. Yeah. And I think it's super fun that you brewers get to get to mess with that. 100%. Yeah. Hence my segue to slushy beer, <laughs> which we don't have one to try here. No, um, we, we, the, this winter we've kind of taken a break from from slushy beers, but okay. uh, we we will be bringing them back. Uh, so, our, can you define for our listeners too? Because there's a couple, there's sort of some cross category here, right? Like there's milkshake beer, there's pastry stout, there's slushy beer. And they're similar, right? But mm-hmm. all have a bit of a different take. Yeah, yeah. So uh, w- with our slushy beers, we're 
we're taking a kind of a, a strong, really strong sour base beer, uh, loading up with some some milk sugar, some un- unfermentables uh, to to keep it nice and sweet. And then uh, we'll uh, we'll just basically we'll stabilize the base beer uh, using some potassium made of bisulfite and potassium sorbate. Uh, and then we'll add in uh, some fruit puree. Uh, By stabilized, do, do you mean that that sort of stops any fermentation from happening? I- exactly. Okay. So it uh, kind of uh, keeps the, the yeast from being able to, to reproduce and consume sugars and wards off any uh, potential like wild yeast or bacteria from, from entering the beer. Uh, it's really more of a, a page from like a, a cider or, or winemaking uh, where they'll stabilize especially like our ciders and meads, like they'll, they'll stabilize and then they'll be able to back sweeten it. Okay. And so we're basically doing that same thing. We're, we're stabilizing and then we have some sweetness from lactose already, but then we'll, we'll add in some more uh, sugars with, with the fruit puree and just uh, be able to keep it from, uh, from re-fermenting. Okay. Yeah. Because you want the fruit then to actually, well, back sweeten. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get some sugar from it. We'll get some, some added... Uh, natural acidity from the fruit and then also that that texture and yeah that thickness from from the puree and so that's the other part that has surprised me i i've always understood the the back sweetening portion and you're adding fruit back to beer you're also adding all sorts of flavor components by doing so Mm -hmm. but to add so much that you actually get a texture yeah that part surprised me yeah and and i think different fruits have different kind of thicknesses to it and a lot of fruits, their their purees are, are a lot more watery, um, but uh, yeah, 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 no, we'll, a, lot, a lot of these berries will add a really awesome texture uh, to it. Nice. And yeah. so, what do you find the response is from from your consumers? Oh, uh, people really enjoy it, and, and we've kind of found uh, the response in certain areas uh, have been better than others. I, sure. I think. Yeah, like uh, up in like the Sacramento area, like the, those people have been eating it up. And wow, we've done, okay. done some great sales on, on our, our slushy, on our fruit uh, beers up that, in that area. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing, I mean, it's kind of like around here. And on the Brewing Network, when I had like a whole room full of co-hosts, all the curmudgeonly old brewers in here who've been doing this show <laughs> since 2005, you know, are like, ah, the slushy beer. And then, you know, n- new folks getting into beer are the ones kind of more into it. Is that kind of how your customers skew too? Yeah. And you, you know what? Uh, it's kind of can be a segue beer for people to get into craft beer. And it's something yeah. that that's just easily enjoyable and might have some bring back some nostalgia of some jamba juice or slushies that they've had uh sure uh, b- before their uh, legal drinking age but um yeah and then from there they'll kind of move on to maybe some some fruited sours that have been fully fermented out and maybe a little bit drier yeah and uh and then hopefully kind of get some into the the craft beer uh, category so but, i have a, a brewing friend of mine i'm not going to give his name he listens and he's going to hear this he gave me a different take um, about this gate, like whether or not these new things are a gateway. Mm-hmm. And it was because I did a show where I talked about putting seltzer on here, right? Yeah. So it's no secret that craft beer is not like the darling that it once was, right? And and market share is being taken away by different things. I don't think it's seltzer anymore, by the way, um, nor is it cider per se, but it tends to be more cocktails and... Gosh, even wine is probably starting to to get some of it. Um, 
And his take, after I did that show, he, he gave me a call and um, sent me a message. He, he, he said, the more that we craft brewers, um, paraphrasing, uh, sort of coddle this and kowtow toward these other flavors, the more we might be contributing to our irrelevance. Ooh. In other words, right? So, like, by pushing this envelope with, and I'm just taking slushy beer as an example, Mm -hmm. because maybe you don't like beer, I'm going to make you this slushy beer, I've just given you another reason not to like beer. Again, I'm paraphrasing for my friend here. And anyway, I'm just curious your take. I wasn't sure that I was sold on this take, but I certainly thought it was a great point. I agree. It is a great point. Um, on on the other hand, I think that the, those slushy consumers are probably not going to pick up an IPA or or anyway, a Pilsner. Right? Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 I I hope to to be able to sell something to the the cocktail consumer or right. Yeah, some some other or or a seltzer consumer. And that's too. how I felt like. But we do have to maybe try to bridge this gap, right? So. Mm-hmm. But then, and I don't have an answer, just a conversation with you and with my friend. Yeah, that it's just like, are, are, we, are we bridging the gap or in the end, are we also just sort of contributing to the flight, right? Um, and I I'm get, not if sure. If I could interject real quick. Yeah, sure, just, Mike. Just an opinion on that. I think if you go all in and you decide to completely have a paradigm shift and go all in making seltzers or whatever the fad is, yeah, that's detrimental. Yeah, But yeah. I think anything that, that's introductory. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, as a home brewer, host a lot of people, get a lot of opinions, see how things work, what what, what resonates with people, what doesn't resonate with people. Yeah. If you can have a product out there that introduces somebody, and like suddenly, like I've never been, I, I'm a wine person. You know, you hear that all. The yeah, time yeah, home sure. Brewers, you know, I'm a wine person. You introduce them to something that challenges their perception, and suddenly it opens their mind. Now that now they're gonna now they're more willing to taste other things. Yeah, right. right. Like we talked about stouts earlier. You know, everybody's perceptions they're punishingly heavy. They're adjunct driven. They're, they're 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 you know rich, sweet, heavy. Sure, it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, and when people's minds are changed, suddenly they have a newfound respect for it. They're they're, they're going to be more interested in, in, yep. in tasting more things. So I think it's a, it's 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 an interesting kind of a step stone to yeah. help people kind of get there. And you know, running a running a tap room, running a, running a brewery, palettes are going to be so broad. I mean, sure, people's expectations and what they want to drink are, are, are going to be so varied. Right. right, and you have something that just helps that person get to that point. Like, okay, now now maybe I'm willing to try a sour, something that's you know a little fruited sour, right, or, or you know whatever it is. It's, well, and in my friend's defense here too, I think he might more agree with a slushy beer than he does a seltzer. Like a, a seltzer almost feels like a totally different category, uh-huh. although it's what we're allowed to brew, right? It's what you're allowed to mm-hmm. brew as a brewer because it's fermented. Mm-hmm. I will say that the seltzer experiment that I did on the sh- uh, since the show that I talked about, we basically just started putting a seltzer on tap here, was an almost complete and total failure. <laughs> <laughs> People at the Hop Grenade don't care. And I just thought for a minute that maybe they would. My whole goal was we're only allowed to sell beer here. We're not even allowed to sell wine yep. because you're because uh, you're allowed to be under 21 here. We wanted families to be able to come here. And in all of their uh, genius, the ABC says since we don't have a full kitchen, we can only serve beer if we want to be under 21. Yep. 
Anyhow, I was tired of saying no to people. I thought, maybe let's just offer something else. I can't say, I have to say no if they ask for wine. I have to say no if they ask for anything other than beer. So we put in a, uh, we had uh, purchased a blank seltzer uh, from a friend of ours, and then we would put like flavoring in it. Didn't work. Uh, now we're still trying it a little bit. We're buying, I think we have like a Maui seltzer on right now, which is a good beer, a good seltzer, by the way. Um, it's still like our, our beer kegs, they go in less than a week. Yeah. Our seltzer kegs, oh man, I'm counting the months. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. a six week uh, keg. You know, we, we're, we're a couple seltzers into it now, and it was yeah. kind of a, a lot of our, our taproom customers were, were want, wanting gluten-free options and mm-hmm. asking, oh, mm-hmm. do you have any ciders? Do you have any wine? No, we can't produce them. Everything we, we can't have guest taps. Everything we produce has to be 51% or more grain-based fermentables. Mm-hmm. And so with seltzers uh, using corn, it, it fit. It's worked. Uh, I mean, truthfully, it's not... I'm not super passionate about about hard seltzers, but it was an offering. It, yeah, yeah, and and now we're able to to offer something for those gluten free customers, and we've offered it to our wholesale customers, and it's it's gone over better than I I had imagined. And, so, right, ancillary right. to that though was a little side thing. We we talked about this earlier. We're, we're both from Morgan Hill. A good friend of ours owns a, a wonderful restaurant down there with a great great bar manager, and they they feature narrative beers down there mm-hmm. often. Um, they had the, the the breeze uh, seltzer uh, the seltzer on recently and yeah. and and the the, the barman d- devised this beautiful recipe with it oh nice and talk about like a gateway thing right sure so, I mean he's 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 created a cocktail like he created a frozen drink off of the seltzer oh that's great and added b- natural blood orange and serves a garnish with the blood it's beautiful it's see beautiful. And it's, it does depend on the venue like that yeah. see that's yeah. a great use of it it's fantastic yeah. And, yeah. and again it's talk about a stepping stone for people to go oh this is you know this comes out of a brewery this is yeah you know, it's, it's it's it connects the dots for a lot of people i think that normally might have been a little apprehensive yeah no that's an excellent point I think for us, uh, it's just it's not enough of our crowd that we're just, we've always had it av- available in cans, mm-hmm. uh, at cans and cider and bottles, and so I think we're just going to probably end up going back to that. Yeah. Th- that's the other thing about running a, a company, especially a public facing company like like retail, is um, there are times you think the voices that are asking for things are many more than they actually are. Have you experienced that yet? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I thought I learned my lesson with Brewing Network merchandise over the years because people would be like, oh my God, you have to have this, you know, and it's like a, it's like a onesie, like a baby onesie or this type of hat, right? And you hear it so much. I'm like, okay. So I order, you know, 500 pieces or whatever. How many f- cases of onesies are you sitting on right now? <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, and, and then it ends up being, oh, Right. The five people who asked me for that bought their five. I sold five. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it happens here. I have to remind my staff here, too, at the, at the hop grade sometimes, like, um, yeah, don't listen always to the vocal minority. Yeah. Because they are just that. You're, you're absolutely right. No, I've, a lot of people want to tell you what you should do to run your business. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, you got to you gotta filter that out. And so much fun of, to listen to. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
But yeah, but it is, especially when uh, some of them are great ideas. It's usually, I'm usually not duped by dumb ideas, although I'm not saying never, uh, but usually not. Um, they usually sound like great ideas, and then if you hear it four or five times, you're like, okay, this is a great idea. And then no. <laughs> yeah, some traction here. My garage is full of, uh, not full, but I've got dusty boxes from over the years poor of decisions. different merch. Yeah, yeah, my poor decision merchandise. Just so hang I- out. Funny, I was actually looking at onesies as uh, something to add to our merchandise line. So maybe okay, I'll double think that. Well, don't uh, th- that I that was one I just pulled out of the air. I will say, <laughs> of the slow sellers, they were the fastest. Okay, <laughs> okay, but they're not as fast as your awesome hoodie or T-shirt or anything else. But that one is just don't buy in, in a massive bulk. Yeah, even though they're going to give you that price break. Yeah. Don't worry about it. All Just right. buy the more expensive, lower, you know. That's what we ended up doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah, merch is a funny thing. And then, but beer styles too, you know. So, um, it, it's just interesting to, to, to not only listen, but then follow what you wanted to do in the first place, you know. Yeah. No, a lot, a lot of people think that we need to brew Hefeweizens and Amber Ales and my 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 passion my heart isn't with those styles and right. so yeah i just yeah I'm by the way on. a lot of people 10 people yeah. want you to brew half of ice and amber rails is yeah. what it is yeah. <laughs> you know 20 yeah. whatever uh, although i and again though it's a vocal minority it happens often in here people are like you know i just really wish you guys would have an amber rail <laughs> and and we're not opposed to it you know our buyer lewis he loves all beer styles mm-hmm. But one comes across our, our ordering list once in a blue moon. And if it's from a brewery we like, we'll order an Amber Ale. But that's once every six months or something. But you get the customers like, ah, oh, I just, and I'm like, yeah, well, 1995 called. Yeah. And they have all the Amber Ales. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, all right, let's take a quick break because we got a couple more beers to try. Uh, we're going to try your double IPA. Awesome. Is it is this a double IPA that you entered at, in the bistro? Or? I, I did enter in the bistro. Yes. I, I did not uh, did not bring home a medal with it, but uh, that's okay. I, if I'm, you felt I'm, I'm it excited was, about it, yeah, yeah. If you felt it was worthy of that, I'm, I'm I haven't had it yet, so I'm excited to to try it. Take it. Um, all right, so we'll try that when we come back. Hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the session. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are still here with Narrative Fermentations, and we got a couple more beers to try. One of them, as I mentioned before the break, is a double IPA, which we'll get right into. I first want to give a good big shout out to my friends over at the 21st Amendment. 21st Amendment Brewery, been a sponsor uh, also since the beginning. I think I was saying the other day, I'm pretty sure that Sean O'Sullivan was the first person to actually give me a dollar for doing what I do here. And he's been a great supporter ever since. Uh, You can go to 21st-amendment.com, check it out. Check out their new beer release. Um, It's an Imperial Rice IPA. Are you happy like me? And go see the new brewery in San Leandro. They got a tasting room. I was just partying in there for the opening of SF Beer Week, and it's just a great time. Thanks to Sully and the 2-1-A crew out there doing great things for, for craft beer and for the Brewing Network. Okay, so you entered this beer into the Bistro Double IPA Festival, a very prestigious event. Yes. So brewers only send their best. Yep. I've already had a sip. It's also, by the way, it's like double and triple IPA season right now, right? Now, partly because of that festival in the Bay Area. Yeah. But then... Uh, Pliny the Younger comes out this time of year. All that. So I've had, uh, I, we just had uh, Hen House Big Chicken on tap Friday. So my palate is pretty acclimated and has tried all of these beers. Yours is fantastic. 
I appreciate that. Thank it's you a, very much. This is a great. This is right up there. Right on. So far, I'm going to say my favorite one this season is 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 Henhouse Big Chicken. I, I had the chance to taste that, and yeah, that's a something about this beer. year. Yeah, really good. You are right up there. I also had the uh, the Ghost Town uh, People's Choice that that won. Uh, you're Lord right Luke up there one. with these beers. Yeah, oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, you should be proud of this beer. Thank you. I am. I am. I, I really enjoy drinking it. Double IPAs aren't something I, I normally pour for myself, but uh, uh, wanted to wanted to go all out with this. Uh, we this is the second time for us brewing this. We had originally brewed it uh, early spring of last year, but uh, yeah, hundred percent Pilsner malt, a uh, little corn sugar to keep it dry and just really light and crisp. Uh, which, uh, yeah, that, that sweetness when you start getting to double and triple IPAs is, isn't isn't something I'm, I'm a big fan of. So, yeah, I wanted to keep it as dry as possible and then just... Why, uh, pil- why 100% Pilsner malt and no, not two-row yeah. or something different? You just wanted to go even crisper. Yeah, yeah, as okay. crisp as I can get. And actually, even on our, our, our West Coast singles, uh, kind of was splitting it pilsner two row and i've kind of been moving more and more to all pilsner on those and just keeping them as crisp as possible upping the carbonation where we're kind of in that 2.7 to 2.8 volumes uh for carb now and just uh keeping it light and lively on the palate yeah um but yeah went went, uh some of my favorite hops on this mosaic strata and idaho seven there's some really kind of big expressive danky hops oh yeah uh, yeah. I love Idaho 7. Yeah, same. That's same. a good trio right there. I agree. That, those are like the rock stars right now. Yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, kind of cool cannabis notes, a lot of fruit mm-hmm. components. Uh, uh, up to the bitterness just a touch on this batch versus the first one. Uh, just kind of keep it nice and sticky on the palate. And, mm. Yeah. I wonder, I was looking at the beer list yesterday at the Bistro. I wonder if there was a single beer there that didn't have mosaic in it. <laughs> like, would you even bother entering the Bistro IPA Fest without mosaic in your beer right. nowadays? Yeah, no. And, and people that follow our West Coast IPAs, probably 80 to 90% of the West Coast has mosaic in it at some point. It has to. It has to. And I don't think there's nothing to be ashamed of there. It's just such an amazing hop. Agreed. And then it plays so well with other amazing hops, like in this case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, be, before we started recording, I just had that uh, Mo Idaho from Cellarmaker. From Cellarmaker, yeah. Ah, that was delicious. Yeah, tons yeah. of Idaho Seven in that. Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. good beer, good hazy beer too. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I was expecting it to be hazier. It uh, was uh, clearer than more, a lot of their their hazy though. West Coast that they're putting out. But I'm yeah, not I was going to say. Well, thing. you mentioned they have that that hazy West Coast West Coast hazy thing that they do. Yeah, where he thinks they're. I say it like it's not real, but it, it, it where he he describes them as you know drier like a West Coast, but mm-hmm. hazy and juicy like a hazy. Yeah. So no, they're they're delicious beers. I I just uh, my West Coast. I, I like I like to keep them nice and, and mm-hmm. clear as possible. Yeah, this has got a lot of good dank to it. The aroma is fantastic too. What is it? About nine percent? Uh, eight, eight even. Eight even. Okay. Yeah. Super clear. Do you do you filter or just biofine or uh, just just biofine? Okay, uh, we're doing a little fining in fermenter before we push it to to bright tank and then do a little more uh, fining in bright. Um, I, when I purchased the brewery, it came with a DE filter, um, but uh, talking with Steve and all the aggravation that caused him, I 
sold it off and okay just uh go for finding the beers instead seems to be the way to go i, I think a lot of breweries that come in here are doing that just that yeah yeah, yeah. Did you have the winning beers at the bistro? Did you? Would you get a chance to taste those? No, no, I didn't. Uh, you know, it's uh, a- after the festival. I had to run down to San Jose for the the SF Beer Week uh, kickoff event we uh, had there. Okay. So, man, uh, truthfully, it was it was a great time uh, seeing some friends and meeting some new people. But gosh, I think I only had about six or seven beers there. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Tough. To, well, and I can't believe how many they had. Only anyway. six or seven. Only six or seven double well, I IPAs. Mean, yeah, yeah. six or seven uh, tastes. Yeah, like, like, like two to three ounces of each. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So we're talking sixteen ounces here. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, and, spoken as a brewer. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I think they, they announced the winners at two o'clock, and right after they announced it, I had to, to fly down to San Jose, so I had to kind mm. of keep it at a Christian level. Not a boy. Yeah. How many pounds per barrel are in this beer? What do you think? Oh, let's see. We're at a, a pound and a half uh, in in the kettle, and then uh, another five pounds uh, in dry hop. Good lord! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just I, you're not the only brewer to do it. It's just amazing when I hear that nowadays. Like, yeah, gosh, it's so you know, much like our, our singles will will do about a pound uh, per barrel in Whirlpool, and uh, about four to four and a half pounds uh, per barrel in Dry Hop. But our, our double IPAs will will increase that a little bit. You got to get up there. Yeah. The Pilsner base grain is just is beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. And so I'm really now using Pilsner base grain as a combo. We've talked a lot about on this show. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I've had someone come in and just go, nope, my doubles is going to be 100% Pilsner. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And it would make me think if you said it to me before tasting it, I'd go, well, then it's going to be a little like one dimensional, I think. But it's not that at all. No, no, it just keep, keeps it nice, light, dry. Yeah. Um, yeah, li- listening to some, some other podcasts recently, uh, I've started to use a lot of uh, Gambrinus uh, Pilsner malt, which is okay. just super lean, super light, and yeah, yeah it's kind of a fun way to go. Oh, that's great. It's an awesome canvas to just let the, sh- the hop The hops, yeah. Shine. Did, shine. You pick, did, did you pick these hops, too? No, no. Uh, uh, d- didn't select any of these. It has some mosaic in it, which we got to select, but I just brought in our, our first boxes of, of uh, mosaic. Actually, they, they hit the, the brewery today. Oh, nice. So, yeah. That you selected. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll have uh, some beers coming out in the near future with those, but th- this was, uh, oh, think it was yeah all, all yakima chief uh, okay yeah mosaic yeah i'm excited to, to hear on your next interview and i invite you back i'm excited to hear what you think about the difference between either this beer or any of your mosaic beers from ones that you just got and ones that you selected right because you must be excited to get to try it too yeah no no the, i mean the the lots that they put in front of us uh of mosaic i mean i i would have been happy with any of those but yeah, the, the the ones we did select were just like the dankiest uh, right. hops we could. They're there on the table, man. Did you cut them open when they got there today yet? To just see no, if you're, no, okay. yeah. I'll, I'll typically I, I don't like to open those bags until I'm using them. And, Makes uh, sense, yeah. yeah. But I've, yeah, just I'd be excited. Like, oh, is it the ones I picked? Is it the I ones am. I picked? Yeah. I am very much so. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we we didn't uh, we didn't release a, a triple for uh, for beer week, but uh, uh, I have one on the the brewing calendar uh, that we'll definitely be using these these selected mosaic hops for. Excellent. Yeah. Man, I think I forgot to bring us glasses for your for your for your last beer. Yeah, Michael, would you grab us some? 
What are we gonna taste last? Uh, so our our last beer is uh we we did a, a stout uh, maybe a little over a year ago called Good Morning. Okay, it was a breakfast stout with uh, uh, Vermont maple syrup and uh, some hazelnut uh, coffee, and so we decided to uh, to do a barrel aged version of it. Um, we got uh, we we have a, a few batches of stouts uh, in in uh, whiskey barrels in the the brewery right now. So this was a blend of three different barrels. Uh, two of them uh, were Heaven Hill that were uh, the beer was 23 months in barrel, and uh, the third one was a Willet barrel uh, with the base beer being in there for 18 months. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah, and uh, just uh, had some some uh, Grade A Vermont maple syrup we added to it. Uh, some hazelnut coffee, uh, some TCHO uh, Ghana cocoa nibs, and uh, some grade A Madagascar vanilla beans. Wow. I'm looking at it being poured right now. Motor oil. Yeah, yeah. Great. It's, it's just, I mean, we're, we're, uh, it's a, a pretty high finishing gravity, um, and uh, but some, some good alcohol uh, in there to boot. We're at about oh. 13.8%. The aroma is incredible. Right on. Thank and that's you. been sitting open for a minute, by the way, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I haven't even taken a sip yet, but chocolate, that Cho chocolate comes out. But yeah. also, and I don't I don't usually get this till I taste it, but coconut is also coming right out of there. Yeah, maybe from uh, the, the barrel, mm-hmm. uh, little, little barrel component. Yeah, you didn't coconut. put any coconut in there? Yeah. Nope, nope. Uh, Ger- definitely vanilla. German chocolate cake kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I don't even want to taste it yet. It just, the aroma is incredible. It's delicious. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, just keep doing that. Yeah, oh, I definitely, there's coconut from that barrel. It's yeah. really coming through almost like you put it in there. Yeah. Um, and vanilla. Um, and and what syrup did you say? Just maple syrup is what you put just in there, some, too? Some yeah. grade A, uh, yeah, Vermont maple syrup. But, uh, yeah, no, I think a lot of those flavors you, you'll get from the, the, the barrel, and then we're kind of just bumping it up with some some adjuncts in there. And, okay. Uh, that chocolate, vanilla. Yeah. Yeah, some coffee. Wow, that's an incredible it's beer. It's Appreciate front, it. Thank front you. Front to back, it's, it's, it's loaded. Yeah. Yeah. Did you just can this out of the barrel? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, <laughs> that tastes that uh, good. <laughs> Crawled it up off a uh, draft. Okay. Yeah. And you had a draft at the brewery. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how, so how long has it been in the barrel, too? Uh, so it was a blend of three barrels. Mm. Two of them were 23-month uh, in barrel, and the third was 18-month in barrel. Okay. Which uh, that, that higher finishing gravity, it can take some extended uh, aging in barrel. Yeah. yeah. If it was a little bit drier, it might be a little... A little too woody, too much barrel influence, but uh, okay, yeah, I think it's it's working right now. No oxidation. I'm not picking up a single off flavor. That's, that's that's impressive. A lot of times, so I don't mind pointing out off flavors in like young beer. Yeah, but I'll give a lot of leeway for like old beer. I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, what are you gonna do? But there's nothing wrong with this. I don't appreciate That's that. That's really well done. Yeah, and we, uh, I mean, they're, they're limited releases, so we, we tend to keep it uh, in-house. Uh, a Sixtal might make it out here and there for different events uh, that we're taking part in. But, yeah, for the most part, it's all exclusive to our, our tap room. Oh. And, uh, yeah. Wow. Go uh, to the tap room, folks. Yeah. Uh, what's this beer called? Uh, this is called uh, Barrel Aged Good Morning, uh, Good morning. based okay. off of uh, uh, Good Morning, which was an Imperial Breakfast out we put out uh, a year, year and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. And the double IPA, by the way, folks, is called Writer's Block, right? Yeah. yeah so if you want to go try those. Um, okay. Yeah. Wow. That's 
that's an amazing beer. I just want to share it. I just want to run out to this to the. <laughs> it's yeah, it's it's yeah, so flavors. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, uh, I think five eight ounces at a time is kind of just a nice little yeah sipper and. Well, I don't even mean that. I'm happy to drink all of it myself. I just mean it's so good. I want people to know about it. That's but I, when I want to run out there and share it. Appreciate I'm it. Definitely going to share that with my team here I, for I sure. I think I might have a, a case or two of uh, the bottles left uh, in the tap room, and then uh, yeah, we we do have a little bit of draft uh, available. We're doing five ten ounce pours on it. And nice. Yeah. Was it a full uh, a twenty barrel batch that you ultimately uh, put in barrels? Yeah. So we, we've. Uh, did a 20 uh, actually i think that one we we filled like nine barrels uh with um but yeah we'll take those and make multiple beers out of one batch and our first barrel age release uh was called calavera and it was uh, more of like a mexican chocolate inspired Mm -hmm. uh beer but yeah this uh was a blend of two beers um yeah all right. Well, you should be proud of this beer. It was a fun day. It was a fun yeah. day. I, I was there for helping with the uh, oh. junks, and, and uh, it just blew my mind. Can you enter this in competitions? Does it even have a style that would that it would go with? Because I just feel it just screams award winning beer to me. So, yeah, I, I have to look in. I, I know they have like wood age like mm. beers, but uh, I think a lot of these like adjunct styles go into like the the spice vegetable like category, which is kind of funky. Yeah. Um, that being said, like a lot of these competitions, uh, the amount that you have to enter, it's like, well, man, yeah, just, that's just, especially a special beer like this. Yeah, yeah. I've, All right. Well, I'm just giving it my award right now I appreciate the, I'll take the award it. of the show i'll take it um, <laughs> it's really something else i'm telling you and yeah there's a little you can you you can tell that it's a high alcohol beer but it's not bernie at all there's just too much going on for it for it to be um and it's a journey i mean as, as you as you kind of enjoy it yeah temp up you know, I'm actually really glad we uh, you mislabeled yes. it, and it's been sitting here for a minute because it's uh, it's like the temp I want to taste it at right now. Things yeah. come and go. You Agreed. get those those baking spice notes, fudgy mm-hmm. notes. It's it's, it's complex beer. It's a wow. complex beer. Yeah, that's something else. I think you yeah you 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 put this out if anybody ever doubts you. Right. You go oh yeah, try this. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank and, you. And this, yeah. this is roots from from the home brewing days because yeah. I mean this nice. is this is this is something that's been in the works that they've been developing that John's been developing for many 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 years. Did you like? Do you have to top up the barrels throughout the the time they were in there, or you just let we it didn't. go? We didn't. Okay. Uh, we we just tasted a couple times, threw a Vinny nail on the side uh, in the head, and uh, sample it. And actually, like uh, both times, taking full tasting notes on every single barrel. Yeah. And kind of had some ideas of like uh, different adjunct treatments for everything, and, and then kind of like putting together the barrels. Okay, barrels four, eight, and 10. Like, I think we should blend those and do this style of beer. And wow. so, yeah, no, I'd, I'd had these uh, these barrels picked out for this beer for probably six months before we actually emptied them and did the blend. And uh, Amazing. Yeah, yeah. You're a pro. Yeah, oh, that's, a, that's a professional approach, and it comes out in this beer. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> that's been my <laughs> motto, yeah. Yeah, I have that tattooed to my ass. <laughs> definitely, that's how the Brewing Network survived, all this <laughs> fake it till we make it. We're still faking it. <laughs> <laughs> You're making it, so <laughs> yeah. good deal. Yeah. 
Uh, well, thank you so much for coming in here and talking beer with us today. I really appreciate it. It's, it's a pleasure to be on the show. Thank you for having me. Um, I would love to have you back. Uh, so I kind of like to do that every couple years. You're going to change a lot. We're going to change a lot. I'm super excited you're going to be at Spring Bruce Festival this year. Uh, I hope you're coming yourself. You don't have to. Oh, I'll be here. Okay, cool. I just yeah. encourage it because like all the brewers come to this one. Yeah. So you're going to want to come hang out with the brewers. No, I dig yeah. it. So do that. Um, and then we, we party here a little bit at the Hop Grenade afterwards. So uh-huh. uh, you got yourself a long drive. You can do the fest. Come chill with us. We'll get some food in you. You know, um, yeah. I'm excited to, to have you a part of it. Uh, folks, you can go to narrativefermentations.com and, and check it out. You can go to the tap room. You guys open every day out there? We're or? open seven days a week, okay. uh, Monday through Friday, 3 to 9, Saturday, 11 to 9, Sundays, 12 to 7. Okay. Go there and try some of this beer that doesn't leave the brewery. I'm super stoked that we got the double IPA on tap. I think that's going to go fast this week. It's a good beer. Thank you. In fact, we got a big event here tomorrow night with seven or eight uh, West Coast brewers. I guarantee they're going to flock to that double IPA. So, yeah, well done. Well done on that, too. Michael, thanks for coming and hanging out with us, too. Thank you for having me. Yeah, pleasure, pleasure. to meet you. Um, all right, so we got a lot coming up uh, on the on the Brewing Network. Uh, I've got another show we're recording tomorrow um, with those West Coast brewers. We're doing our West Coast is the Best Coast. Um, it's an event um, that our, our friends at Faction uh, put on, and we're getting so many cool breweries here that we're going to do a, a show out of it. And as part of it, we're doing this other thing have you heard of this company that's you don't make fun of me they're using ai to get feedback to brewers about their beer it's called deep liquid have oh, you heard Jesus. about this no yet? no i'm not familiar that sounds like a disaster yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't we're gonna find that, out that sounds like a disaster. we're gonna find out i don't think it's gonna be yet i've been talking to these guys and basically i'm gonna introduce it on tomorrow's show but essentially and inst- you know how right now all of us beer nerds, not me, because it's annoying, give our feedback on, like, what's it called? Uh, Fucking tap, whatever. Uh, yeah. Never, been, never signed right. up. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, and we're I'm, like, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, and one thing that ends up happening, right, is you're like, um, some idiots reviewing a Saison and saying, like, oh, my God, there's not enough danky hops in this beer. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it's just like some asshole who yeah, doesn't know like, what the hell they're talking now, about. Now you become an asshole. For, yeah. For it's like part of the ha- journey. Yeah. Hate the style, one star. Well, the AI thing is, like, you can – every beer could have this QR code, right? So, like, your beer, your, your double IPA that's on tap right now could have this QR code, and we scan it. And then I can, and it asks me questions, and I can give my feedback about it. And if I say something stupid, like your double IPA doesn't have enough chamomile in it, it's going <laughs> to just weed out my stupid comment, right? Oh, that's great. And then as a brewer, you end up with uh, this AI has taken all the comments given about the beer and sort of generated this like report of sorts for you on your beer. And so it might end up saying... We love that you used Mosaic, but we want more. Or more of the, we, cool that you used Pilsner Malt, but would have loved if it was like a little more two-row multi, whatever. Like, I don't know what it says. But it says some stuff, right, that's curated by this AI. And then, of course, you can take the, take it or leave it. Is this a sponsor? So, no, not yet. Not yet. Just a cool project that I'm kind of, that I'm, that I'm interested in seeing. Um, so what we're going to do tomorrow night at this event is these brewers, I think we're going to create a QR code for each of the beers that we have on tap. It's like seven or eight of them. And then whoever's here at the Hop Grenade can scan it and give their feedback, for better or for worse. And then if the brewers decide that they want to re-brew the beer and use the feedback, 
we'll invite them all back and do like another event and taste this robot beer i guess i don't know if we could uh, replace can, untapped can, with that 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 actually <laughs> right like that, that might be great that's yeah. what i that's why i find it fascinating not that i'm into like robots taking over the world <laughs> but i'm also not into morons yes. i'm tired of morons 100 percent. so you know so i'm excited so we're going to do this tomorrow night we're going to talk about that on the show i've got i i will have the founders of deep liquid on the show did will hopefully do a better job than me of explaining this it this sounds very controversial but uh, i know which is what i like too sure. Right? And especially... Stir the pot. <laughs> right. I like stirring the pot. I always have. And I like, you know, I, I'm allowed... It used to be that I just made fun of the old guys in the beer industry. Now I'm fucking one of them. So I'm even more allowed to do it. You should have a, you should have a segment on the show called Stir the Pot. <laughs> stir the pot where you just you just get in people's craws. I really and, should. And, and you challenge people's ideologies about brewing. It's beer. a great idea. Yeah. Especially now. We used to have that segment every show just by having my co-host JP on the show. He was that guy. He he didn't mean to. He just was. <laughs> now that he's gone, I got to create a segment. I think it's a good idea. The instigator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So we got a lot coming for you this week in our Beer Week event uh, events. Also, we've got our our special Tasty Day as the final day of Beer Week. Um, I have gone ahead and declared the final Sunday of Beer Week. I think it's going to be forever as Tasty Day. I, love I, d- it. I didn't ask the Brewers Guild. I didn't ask permission. I just decided it's Tasty Day. Yeah, done. <laughs> so we're going to do an event here for that where we're putting all tasty approved beers on tap uh, for our, our fallen hero. So uh, come to the Hop Grenade if you're local and check this stuff out with us. And um, uh, yeah, that's, that's our beer week for you. And I'm sure you guys got all sorts of things going on. Anything you want to make sure people know about? Oh... Just yeah. get to the tap room. Yeah, so just come to the tap room, drink some beer. There we go. C- come hang out. I, I'm I'm usually there all the time. So <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll throw a shout out for for my, my me and my buddy Jimmy. Uh, our homebrew operation under Morgan Hill. We're called Ale Steak. Okay. S T A K E, like the traditional yep. ale stick that you would see over buildings in medieval times. Nice. But ale steak brewing out of Morgan Hill. Uh, we're, we're, we're we've been partners for five plus years and, and we grow a gamut of things and uh okay just love nerding out and having guests and friends come over and drink beer and, and share and check out ale steak thank you all right folks thanks for tuning in uh we'll see you next time right here take care of yourselves and your beer The Session is a production of The Brewing Network and brought to you by More Beer. Check them out at morebeer.com. Find more content and live video of this show on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash brewingnetwork. For sponsorship opportunities and information, please reach out to advertising at thebrewingnetwork.com. To reach our hosts, contact feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Brewing Network.